From the Financial Times in London, I'm Matthew Vincent and this is FT News. This week, a trio of big takeovers took the total value of deals announced in October to above $500 billion worth, unexpectedly making the month one of the busiest for global dealmaking on record. GE led the late surge with a $25 billion deal to acquire oil and gas services provider Baker Hughes. On the same day, CenturyLink said it would buy internet infrastructure rival Level 3 for $34 billion, including debt. And private equity group Blackstone said it would acquire Team Health, a US provider of physician services, for $6.1 billion, also including debt. Now, this all helped to make October the seventh most active month for global mergers and acquisitions, according to data from DealLogic. The surge in M&A has been interpreted by some as a sign of renewed corporate confidence in the outlook for the US economy. But what has really changed and will it last? Well, to answer those questions and more, I'm joined by our M&A correspondent, Arash Masoodi. Arash, what's behind this surge in activity and can we expect it to carry on? Yeah, it defies the conventional wisdom what's happened here because predominantly all the deals you mentioned and all the activity you mentioned have come from the US market. And the normal wisdom of advisors says that M&A slows down ahead of a big U.S. election, which is precisely what's going on at the very moment. We're days away from the election now. So what has happened is in the run-up to the election, all of a sudden, all these mega deals, which are sort of the ultimate plunge for boards to do a large acquisition, have taken place. And so when we asked around about why this is happening, the answer came back to us as there's just renewed confidence that the U.S. economy is stable, growing at 2% or thereabouts, and companies still face the same conditions that they've faced for the last three years, which has been defined by a boom in M&A. So debt is cheap, and their stock prices are high, and they've already bought back as many shares as they possibly feel comfortable doing, and they've cut as many costs as they feel like they can do. So ultimately, that leaves them with one option, which is to pursue M&A. And many of these deals show that what companies are trying to do is to either take out a competitor in their industry or move into an adjacent market where they can get more scale. And that's fundamentally what's going on. Could this be interpreted as companies, deal makers calling the result of the election? Or is it more a case of them saying, well, the election result won't really matter. These are still good strategic moves for us to make. Well, they would definitely spin the ladder and they'd go out of their way to make that point. But ultimately, I think you have to read it that there's this sort of sense in corporate America that Hillary Clinton is going to win the election. The assumption is that markets would generally be stable in the aftermath of a Hillary victory, whereas a Trump victory could trigger various moves in currency, stock prices, confidence. You'd have to imagine that these kind of deals would not have happened if the assumption was that it's a nail biter or if the assumption was that Trump was ahead and he's going to win. In addition to the late flurry of deals I mentioned, we've also seen AT&T buying Time Warner, $85.4 billion deal, Qualcomm buying NXP, BAT making an offer to buy out the rest of Reynolds. I mean, of these deals, do any stand out for sort of particular significance? Well, they're all interesting in their own right. I mean, AT&T is the largest deal of the year. It sort of caught people off guard. We had been paying attention to see if Apple would move on Time Warner, but for a telecoms company to move so aggressively for a mega content company... It was a very surprising move, but you can see that that's sort of the future of where telecommunications in the U.S. is going, with Verizon having bought AOL and Yahoo now and Comcast already owning NBC Universal. AT&T looks like it's making a move to compete on a much grander scale against those guys. 
The NXP Qualcomm deal was interesting because NXP is Dutch-based and Qualcomm is using predominantly its offshore cash as opposed to its U.S. cash to pay for the transaction in a sign that they will not be repatriating that currency. They splashed it on an acquisition. And the other one of those transactions was the... BAT and the B- Reynolds. Yeah, and BAT and Reynolds. And, and again, that one shows how the U.S. tobacco market and the U.S. market generally have become quite attractive. So BAT fled the market in 2004. They had a sort of passive stake in Reynolds throughout the last 12 years. They had a 10-year standstill and have gone back in. So fundamentally, what's driving all those transactions and what you can infer from all those transactions, the U.S. market is seen as the most stable, consistent market for companies to be operating in. And they're behaving in such a way which shows that that's where they want to double down their bets. Does that indicate that there could be more to come? Should we be optimistic for more? I think what we can count on and what dealmakers continue to say to me is that European companies continue to look for ways to get into the U.S. market because of strategic rationale and also just currency rationale. The euro and the pound do not look like fantastic currencies at the moment. And barring a Trump election, the dollar looks a lot stronger and rates are starting to rise there. So you can assume the dollar strengthens even further. So there's a general sense among multinationals to gain exposure to the U.S. market. So Danone's transaction earlier this summer with White Wave significantly changed Danone's revenue mix such that they would have more U.S. dollar income. We saw a deal out of the U.K. where Henderson is merging with Janus, another example of a British-European sort of fund manager looking for a way to have a more stable currency coming in because the currency shock and movements of sterling post-Brexit have been pretty nasty for many companies. So if there's a fundamental trend we can read into this, it's definitely companies trying to position themselves in the U.S. market. And I think that trend will continue for a while. I think you're right. I think there'll be plenty more seeking dollar earnings. For now, Arash, thank you very much indeed. And for more on these deals and all those that follow, do remember to visit ft.com forward slash M ampersand A. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.